so what is up thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me my man so i figured we would start by talking about um how you guys all started playing up in uh, norcal because there's not a lot out there i tried looking into it and i couldn't really find much all right well the first time i ever met zach and kevin was actually at a mutual friends bar mitzvah and Zach had just come back from a anime convention, and he had a big old bunch of Naruto dolls. And be, me being the counterculture type of guy I was, I made fun of him ruthlessly for having a handful of Naruto dolls. So they both hated me when we first met. <laughs> well, I can't um, say I would have done any different. That's... that's, so that's then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip forward to a year later, and I'm a freshman in high school, uh, they're in eighth grade, and I meet a friend, Chris, Chris Ng, and he brings his GameCube to school every single day, uh, and they all play Melee in the computer lab. And me, me being a freshman in high school, and being the best player of Melee on my block, obviously I'm the best player of Melee in the world, mm. and I get ruthlessly force-stocked by Chris. But <laughs> I, I'm hungry to learn, and I'm eager to improve. Uh, so he kind of takes me under his wing and invites me to his house over winter break and we have these grind sessions and that's where I meet Zach again. And this time Zach and I completely hit it off. In fact, the first night that I meet him, I sleep over his house and we go to a tournament the very next day. So you were like four, 14? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this he was, was 13 at the time. Oh, yeah. this oh. Was a decade ago. Uh, so oh seven oh eight. Yeah, yeah. So I actually found your uh, original YouTube channel, and I watched <laughs> oh, some of your no. stuff that you had on there, uh, including the Falcon video. Oh, Lord. Dude, that stuff is so 2007. It's really funny, actually. It's it's pretty dated at this point. I was hoping no one would find my YouTube channel. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's mostly the songs. It, it's the song choices. That's how you can tell. Um, oh, yeah. Falcon all Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and then all Sunday on your on the new one. Mm-hmm. So you guys were the SD crew. Yeah, we were the so the SD kings, and we. It turns out we weren't the only SD kings. There was also an an East Coast crew called the SD kings, but we just didn't acknowledge it and kept going as it is. <laughs> uh, but that was composed of six five zero, and six five zero is our area code. So is me. Zach S. Fat, Kevin Pupu, and Alvin L. And he, Alvin L. is still ranked in NorCal somewhere lower than he should be. But uh, that was like the homie crew for us. And uh, we would all play together, and we all kind of hated each other, but we were also all best friends, and we just beat the shit out of each other to improve. So I'm vaguely familiar with, uh, with L. Yeah. So when was the first time you guys uh, went to SoCal? To SoCal? Yeah. Um, like for a tournament? Yeah. So actually, my first SoCal tournament, I want to say, uh, my first out-region tournament was actually after I became an unofficial coach for Zach. And that was in 2015, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. Zach, uh, well, I... I played Melee uh, competitively for, I would say, two or three years. Uh, kind of fell out of it. You know, competition wasn't really for me. Sure. And, uh, but the, the boys kept playing, so I kept playing. 
Uh, it was always I love melee, best game in the world, but uh, I, I just didn't want to compete. But sure. Zach and I had worked together on his melee game for a long time during that process, and finally in 2015, he said, "Bobby, I want to win a major, and I don't think I can do it without you." So two weeks later, we went down to press start in 2015, and that was my first SoCal tournament with Zach. So you started you started coaching Zach before you started coaching Kevin. Yes, 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 yes. Hmm. Uh, so what happened is that I was coaching Zach, and I didn't really know what coaching was at the time, but I knew Zach. Uh, so I was able to, you know, regulate his emotions, and I was able to like help him ramp up into a match and everything. But uh, when I was doing unofficially, he would basically pay for half of my flight or half of my time. Uh, And then I would just go with Zach and Kevin would happen to be there. And then I would go with Zach and Kevin would happen to be there. Then eventually I kind of reached out to Kevin. I was like, do you want my help as well? And it wasn't specifically coaching. It was just, you know, if he mm-hmm. wanted my help at tournaments. Like, if he wanted me to bring him a protein bar or a banana or some water uh. and tell him he's great. <laughs> so I was going to ask, what exactly do you do? Because, like, it's, it's a pretty new thing, the whole melee coaching, as far as I can tell. Because, really, it's you, it's Tafo, and it's Crunch, yeah. and um, yeah. C- Cactuar? Uh, Cactuar is no more. Splice uh, uh, ended their Smash division. Like oh for yeah, Storm, there's I... also Vro. Who? Uh, Vro. Oh yep. yep, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what do you do? Is it like just VOD analysis, or do you? What do you do? So, it's definitely it's like you said. This is this is a new thing. So we're kind of paving the way right now, and I'm sure every coach is paving the way in their their own special way. But it it is it's it's pre. Uh, pre-preparation, it's at the tournament, it's during the tournament, and then it's post-preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our pre our pre-preparation would be things like uh, I help manage their scheduling. So mm-hmm. like I tell them what hours a day they should be playing melee, uh, what they should be focusing on, when they should be sleeping, that sort of thing. So uh, how much time a, how much time will they play for in a day? Um, it. it so we use peaking programs, which means that we are playing our most and most passionate melee the closer we get to a tournament. But I would say, on average, they play at least two, three hours a day. Or at least they're focused on melee for two, three hours a day. Gotcha. So, uh, it, yeah. So we, along with that, we do do VOD analysis. Uh, I have a big binder with all of our notes in it, which is both personal notes and player notes. Uh and then when we're going into a tournament, uh, I'm there to help them keep their cool. You know, I'm there to, mm-hmm. to help them keep their arousal level at something that's <laughs> manageable. <laughs> well, I, excitement level at something that's manageable. Sure. Um, and then, you know, all tournaments are really busy. You know, we're normally at a tournament venue for 10, 12 hours a day. So I, I get them breakfast, lunch, dinner. I, I sure. make sure that they're fed. I make sure that they're hydrated. I make sure that they're happy. So do you help warm them up? Yeah, absolutely. And will you, if they're playing like Mewtwo King, will you play your Marth? Uh, so the cool thing about me not taking Melee uh, or as seriously or competitively is that I've had a lot of time to explore a lot of characters. Sure. So I'm kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. So I can't 
obviously I can't, you know, like perfectly chain grab them the way Mewtwo King would, but mm-hmm. I can put them in a situation where, you know, like if I up throw them at 40%, they can practice the shine out or, you know, gotcha. if, uh, if I forward throw them and Mewtwo King has a habit, I can replicate the habit and then they can find ways to work around it. Hmm. So before a tournament, Will you look at the seating and figure out who they're most likely to play and like watch yeah. them? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. That's cool. We we do nightly VOD review at tournaments. Uh and how much of your time do you think you split between the singles and the doubles coaching? Um d- doubles is kind of their own beast. Um mm. you know, like I'm I'm in the conversation during doubles, but I wouldn't say I'm leading the conversation. Because it's it's not about me up there. It's about Zach and Kevin. And Zach and Kevin knows what's best up there. I I think sure. we're paving the way. I think them and uh, the Brothers are paving the doubles meadow right now. I was going to say, because they're really, as far as I know, they're the only sponsored teams, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm a little more hands-off in doubles. Sure. So I always wondered, do you think that they're good at doubles because they've been playing together for so long or do you think that they're both just really good doubles players you know what i mean um i think it's both you know i i think after a while talent means nothing and pretty much hard work always seizes the day but i do think for the for the particular instance of kevin specifically kevin i think he was born with doubles in him i I think Zach is also an excellent doubles player. I think, you know, like, Zach can, he plays aggressively, he does everything that his Fox should, but sometimes Kevin is, like, just, his awareness is unreal in doubles. Sure. Yeah, and it's probably harder for Marth, right? He's not super prevalent in high-level doubles. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, like, created the Marth meta for doubles. Well, I guess, really, Marth isn't super prevalent at a high level at all. Uh, in singles, I would say he is. I mean, it's him, Mewtwo King. Who's who's the next Max Marth? Moon. The Moon. And the Moon's like the upper end of the teens, right? Uh, Yeah. Probably around top 15 this year. Hmm. So who, who's the best character in the game? Fox. And by how much? Um undetermined do you think that we are ever going to get to a point where just everybody plays fox no no because something like eight out of the top 10 players have a fox i think yeah fox is an excellent character but i think characters like marth can tear him apart you know i actually i think more so than just people having one single fox i think people are going to start dual maining a lot I think people have shifted over towards dual main a ton in the last like two, three years. That way they, they can win this counter pick war against each sure. other. Which is funny because you coach two single mains. Uh, we'll see about that in 2018. Really? Yeah. For both we of them? We have something special lined up for Pat's house. No kidding. Dude, that's going to be cool. I'm excited. I, I was actually I was watching your old videos and I wrote down a note that I really liked S Falco. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Way back when Zach used to play Falco. Yeah, it was good, too. Yeah, he really hasn't kept up with it too much, and uh, sure. not confident enough to pull it out in German yet. He is another character that's really rare at a high level. It's, he does? Or, or Falcon is, or Falco is, rather. Mm. And it's really just West Balls. Yeah, West Balls manga. Do you think that's just because Falco's harder to play at that level? Um, I think Falco does have a lot of drawbacks. I think Falco's very easy to combo, very easy to gimp and edgeguard. Uh, you know, you're you're essentially playing this glass cannon, but if you do have the momentum at your back and you're playing like Fox Falco, I really think Falco can turn it up. I think uh, anyone that has an almost somewhat even matchup with Fox is viable and can win a tournament so who is that that's falco that's marth falco marth um i i think fox falcon is six four fox but i think falcon can still do it um i think peach can do it well clearly peach can do it yeah i honestly i think most i think most of the top tiers or most of the high tiers have the ability to win a major so you think it's really just player? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a reason why they're like so, uh, top ten players are so prevalent. Yeah. There's a reason why like the the rankings don't shake around too much. And that is super anomalous as far as esports goes. It's melee is one of the only games that I know of where the top tier has been so solidified for so long. Yeah, I think right now the the demigods or whatever you want to call them, the the top 10, the top 20, I think the gap is getting much much tighter. Yeah, I Plup won the first uh or besides Leffen, he was the first to win a tournament with like three gods this year, right? Yeah. That was that was exciting. That was that was a fun match. Yeah, I mean Plup Plup has always been in the conversation. I feel like it's just been a matter of time. Do, what do you think has been holding him back? Because mm. I feel like the mentality thing gets thrown around a lot with Plup. I think Plup has a pretty good mentality. I think Plup is kind of like water off a duck's back. I don't see him often get frustrated. I don't see him like wasting his time at tournaments ever. Uh, which is to say, you know, like as soon as Plup goes off stage, he'll like play Hearthstone or he'll relax or he'll joke around. You know, he he focuses on melee when there's melee to focus on, hmm. and he has an insane level of consistency. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, honestly, I feel like most. I feel like um, probably West Balls is the least consistent. Yeah, I would oh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very emotional player. Sure. Yeah, I I can see that. So, in your coaching, how much of how much of your time is uh, is tech based versus like mental game based? If you know what I mean. Like uh, how how much yeah, time I, do you I spend on I the approach versus the the execution? I guess is what I'm saying. So the execution is, that's something that's like, uh, that's like working out, right? Sure. Yeah. You have to work out, uh, you have to keep your muscles strong and then 
the the more you work out, the better you get doing it. So for execution, that's that is where I would say like a good hour and a half of their two three hours daily goes to. Uh, mm-hmm. For the approach and everything, that's kind of more on my end. Uh, I I have to work with them and I have to find the proper way for them to approach the game. Sure. So, uh, yeah. I, expand a little bit on mentality like tournament mentality or like uh, like like um how they what their game plan is i guess is what i'm saying like how they feel coming into a character matchup or a player matchup okay that so for tournament preparation uh we do a few things uh we use meditation we use player notes and we time out our player notes uh to be the macro game plan about 30 minutes before um, our set. So mm-hmm. before our set, we have all of our notes finalized. 30 minutes before, uh, I'll give one of the boys the macro game plans. And then I, I, use, I let them use that time to sync, uh, to sync the game plan in. But then for the next 15 minutes, uh, we do five minutes meditation, and then we spend 10 minutes on the micro. And the micro would just be like, uh, chaining together up airs or you know punishing fox in a very certain way and the sure. things that you're actually going to be do within or be doing within the set hmm. as far as like broad strokes mentality goes though for like becoming a better uh becoming more level-headed while you play and so on and so forth that is all completely lifestyle changes that is all just like having daily meditation, going to bed at the right time, training yourself right. Uh, and it's just, you know, if you want to play like a champion, you have to live like a champion. So you're almost like a lifestyle coach then, just as much as you're a melee coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think coaches should be. I think one of the craziest things about uh, that I watched Tophicans do at Summit is that he told Mango when to take a shot before his set. <laughs> Which is, it blew my mind. And I, I, I really think Tafo is the best coach for Mango, just like uh, Luis or Crunch is the best coach for HBox, just as I'm the best coach for the boys. Because coaching is so intertwined with someone's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's not just about showing up the day of, it's about doing the work so you can show up. Man, it does really seem like Tafo is Mango's babysitter sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's kind of what Mango needs out of a coach, right? Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems that way. So, the meditation thing, did you come onto that on your own, or was that something that they were doing? Uh, meditation? Yeah, like, how did that, how did you guys discover that that was effective for tournament prep? Uh, Zach and I have always been big fans of meditation, but I think... Like, across the board, every competitor needs to meditate. Every competitor needs the ability to quiet their mind. Huh. And and every competitor should be doing meditation because it's literally just practicing quieting your mind. Sure. Yeah, I I can see that. That makes sense. So, is it like... So, you, you guys do this every day? Uh, right now, no. In 2018, we hope to be doing daily meditation. Huh. Like like group meditation or like solo meditation? Solo meditation. 
I guess you can't really do group. Well, no, I guess you can. Yeah, you, you like guided meditation you can do, but it's important that they do solo meditation because they're the ones that need to quiet their mind. That makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. Huh. I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do, dude. I really fucking do. That's neat. So they have like, so you have it all blocked out, like bedtime, when they wake up, breakfast, lunch, like daily, or like you hope to get there? Uh, right now we have a daily schedule for them. Uh, and I hope to get to a point where we're actually following our daily schedule. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, That's it's cr- it's a process. That's crazy. So I have an odd question for you, maybe. Yeah, sure. How long do you think they're going to be playing this game? Because, like, in in all all real sports, you know, when you hit your late 30s, you're probably done. Right. But, like, this is... We don't have any players who are in their late 30s, really. So... Except Hugo. <laughs> I know... If Melee HD comes, obviously the scene is revitalized and we get more time <laughs> playing. Uh, but Zach has a specific goal he wants to hit before he's done with Melee. Is that the winning the major? Uh, that's one of them. It's it's part of like a, a more grand goal in general. Sure. Uh, I I don't really like talking too much about our long term goals. Because I think that we should be the ones that hold ourselves responsible. Yeah, to no, it. I get that. But Zach, no, both of these boys don't want to play melee forever. Huh. Uh, but they do want to be able to walk away from melee, saying that they were the best players they could possibly be. And I, that's kind of why I want to give them. I get that. Huh. I know for myself. Uh, all of 2018 is blocked out for them, and we'll see about 2019 going forward. Uh, I think the the Smash infrastructure needs to get a little bit stronger, and uh, the coaching position maybe needs to be supported a little more. So when you say that the scene, you mean like we need to start blocking out the majors a little bit better? We need like the, the melee council? or Yeah, we need to have a circuit. We need to... We need to be giving players time off so the that it's break. not just yeah, it's not just like two regionals in a major every single month. Yeah, it does. It does feel like it gets really hectic, even as a viewer. I can't imagine how it feels for a player. Yeah, we have to decide. For, uh, that's actually a huge issue that Zach and I have been going over because uh, Zach's gone to pretty much every single tournament he could in 2017, and they started blurring together, and he was experiencing a lot of burnout. Sure. Uh, so now we've I wanted to go through our entire 2018 and just mark and circle with a big sharpie you know like this is the tournament we focus on this is the tournament we focus on but not all the tournaments have been announced yeah we can gander that there's of course there's going to be Genesis 5 there's going to be Evo maybe uh, yeah you know, things like Shine are all like mainstays but sure who knows like if if there's going to be something like a GTX again, you know, who knows when these tournaments are going to get announced. So we can't really like plan for the future. We can't have to play reactively tournament to tournament. 
And that's something I would like the Smash community to improve upon. Uh, how would you do that if you were in charge? Well, we, if I was in charge, uh, we have this Smash Illuminati, I guess you want to call it, right? <laughs> sure. Like we have like these these movers and shakers and these big producers. Honestly, they need to come together and make the circuit, make a circuit. Sure. Uh, and and have like something like a Capcom Cup. So That's you something. So you think it should like to culminate some. at the end with like the point system and the big tournament? I think that would be really interesting. I think it would give the players more direction. And then mm-hmm. they would have more feasible goals other than, like, talking to Adam at Summit, uh, He's I feel like he's kind of lost his way a little bit because it's so hard to go to every single tournament and have to get first at every single tournament to have it culminate into nothing, into the sure. next one where he has to get first again. It does feel like he skipped a lot of stuff this year. And yeah, and good for him. I hope Adam does what it takes to keep Adam playing. Huh. Uh, it does feel like there's a lot for sure. Uh, how often do you guys go to locals? Uh, we use locals as experimentation, as testing grounds. Sure. So, well, Zach, it's really important that he goes to locals uh, because. There's like a huge breadth of top player talent at locals sometimes, uh, and he's able to practice his tournament mentality. Uh, with Kevin, I feel like NorCal's like right now it's a very separated region, and it's because finding venues in near San Francisco in the Bay Area is so expensive, and it's imagine. so hard to hold like a good local anymore. Sure. Uh, and the the top players are scattered. Like you have like Nintendo in San Francisco, but then you have Dewan Shroom down in San Jose, and then it's forty five minutes between them. And if we have Ooh. a term in Oakland, then there's no way both of them make it. Yeah, I man, I completely forgot Zach moved <laughs> until like just now. No, it's all good. Sometimes I forget too. <laughs> huh, that's all super interesting. Um, so I figured we would talk about your watching SFAT a little bit too. Yeah, sure. So you and who are Muffin Tank? So me and my, one of my best friends from high school, Tim, Timothy Leung, uh, at Neon, like N-E-3-O-N-S-S. All right. So me and Tim, we created Muffin Tank at high school and we just, we both love film and we wanted to make film together, and I had all the crazy ideas, and he had all the know-how, so we just made Muffin Tank, and we started mm-hmm. making comedic shorts. Uh, shouts to anyone that's seen High Five, you the true ones. <laughs> uh, and then Zach was starting up his stream, and one night we were all just sitting around at Zach's house after a party, and we were just sitting there, and we were just ribbing him the entire time, <laughs> because we're because we're film guys. We we just kept like playing into like scene by scene format, and we just had like all these non sequiturs of like Zach falling asleep on a park bench, and 
so on so forth. I think we wrote like half of season one of You're Watching Us Fat right then and there. Huh. Uh, but then Zach was like, yeah, I'm starting up a stream. And I I wanted to make stream content for him, so we just went with it. And we decided to make them so he could play these like little bumpers when he had to be right back. It's um, it's almost Adult Swim esque. Yeah, I, I the comedy is definitely pretty out there. It's pretty non sequitur. We did take a ton of influence from Adult Swim because honestly, they're the only ones making like really good television anymore. I kind of figured. Yeah, I think my favorite but, uh... is probably the Puff Squad one. <laughs> Or or that the mango one. one. The mango one is hilarious. Those ones we've been kicking around for a long time. But uh, so for the mango one, we actually wanted Zach and Mango to trade places, <laughs> but uh, we we could never get Mango, you know, held down, pinned down, NorCal to actually do it. I can imagine. Uh, and Hungrybox and Luis were just like awesome at Genesis, and Hbox is actually an incredible actor. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask who the best Smash actor was, and I figured it would be Hungrybox. Hbox by far. Yeah. He... I, yeah. I gave him his lines like two minutes before the camera started rolling. He just like skimmed them over and then just winged it. It was perfect. Yeah, all of his summit skits are phenomenal too. Yeah. Man, the Zach Kevin bathtub thing kills me every time. That was a good one. It was good because they let Zach and Kevin just be Zach and Kevin. Yeah. It's really, really strange. For <laughs> sure. Okay, so uh let's let's talk about rankings. Sure. Do you how much have you thought about it? Do you have like your top twenty like in your head? I don't give a fuck. Really? I actually do not care what anyone has to say about where my boys are and where they're placed. They where... don't understand the work that's going into it. They they don't see what's going on behind the scenes. Just like I can't see what's going on behind the scenes with Mango and with Hungrybox and with sure. all of them. I, I think... 2017 was... A decent year for both of the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Zach is probably going to end up at 8th. Kevin's probably going to be in the high teens. Um, but I don't think those mean anything. I, I think it sucks for them because now they have like this arbitrary number that's trailing after their name every time they get brought up in the conversation. Sure. And I, I know it's fun for like the fan base and for like all the viewers and everything to be like, this guy is, you know, arguably this this place in the world, and this guy is like arguably like here in the world. But I I see like the the talent more in like tiers, and these are the players that can beat the top five, and these are the players that can beat the top ten, and these are the players that can beat you know hmm. like twenty through fifty. And I I think that's constantly sliding. I think melee is such a I, it's not inconsistent necessarily, but it's a very volatile game. And the sure. punish game has gone to a point where, like, if you get touched, you can get killed. So it matters who's showing up that day and who's ready to play. Sure. Sorry, oh. I know that's a pretty unsatisfactory answer no, about no, that was where great. I feel the ranking is. Okay, okay. Where do you put shoot at? 
Chudat? Chudat. Uh, I would put him in like a special slot that says like Mango Slayer. <laughs> you know, I would. I, he's really, really effective against certain players, but he's, he's so not weird to me. Because yeah. it, it feels like he needs to be like in the tens, probably, right? Yeah, if if not ten, eleven, or twelve, you know. Did he take a game? He beat Armada this year, right? Uh, I couldn't tell you that. I feel like he took a game off of Armada. I, I would definitely Europe. believe that he took a game off Armada. He has the capacity. He's a very strong player. He's in the conversation, but mm-hmm. I just can't pin him. I just can't put a number to him. Dude, it's hard. It blows my mind that Tafo and MIOM do the top 100. I can't even imagine the work that that must take. Yeah. In, like, in Counter-Strike, they do ratings by a, a point system. Mm-hmm. HLTV does. And anything after, like, the top 15 is totally meaningless. Right, right. Because at that point, like, the points mean almost nothing, and it could, it could be anybody. It changes weekly. Was is that ADR? Um, well, no. I, I'm actually... I think that they... They calculate it by using placings at tournaments, and they weigh placings differently, I think. I see. And, like, each tournament will carry a different weight, and they weigh qualifiers and stuff. It ends up not actually being a great system, because, like I said, really only the top ten matter, and then it's just who attended the most things. Yeah, I mean, right now it seems like only the top three matters in Counter-Strike. Man, it is... Counter-Strike has been phenomenal as of late. I don't know, do you watch... Yeah, dude, I played more Counter-Strike than I play Melee. Okay, good. Man, it's been re- it's been phenomenal. I can't believe that FaZe didn't win. Um, what, what was before Blast Pro? I, I, I couldn't tell you. That's another issue with Counter-Strike. They have so many tournaments that they all bleed into each other. Yeah. So All wh- I know is if SK wins, it's a great tournament. Dude, I'm I'm a huge Fallen is one of the most incredible. The God, he's <sighs> genius of the game for sure. It it blows me away the things that that man can do. But anyway, it the the amount of work that the top 100 takes is un unbelievable. I can't even imagine what it takes to decide who's 74th versus 75th. Like. Mm. The amount of the amount of detail that they go into is unbelievable. Yeah, fuck that. So, who do you have as your number one this year? Hungry this Box. Year, Hungry Box, and then Armada. Yeah, Hungry Box, Adam, uh, probably Mango. Uh... <laughs> that was the top three that I had too, and then I was like. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like it gets really flimsy from there. I think M2K is behind Plup, and I think Plup is in front of Leffen. Yeah, I I feel like the tier probably the tier system probably does make more sense actually. Yeah, I I think like top three is pretty solid. Then there's the contenders, and then I think Zach is like probably the cutoff of the contenders right now sure so it would be like you know plup s fat m2k uh axe axe yeah axe has been out of his mind recently he's been fun it 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 blows me away again the things that he does with that character i people who play those mid-tiers are crazy 
Amza had an incredible summit run, even though he got 0-2. He had an incredible summit run. I was going to ask, what did you think about his game against Hungrybox? I think Hungrybox adapted very, very hard, but I think Amza had him on the ropes. I think that was still anyone's set. Do you think Yoshi might be like a... F- not, not I a think it's good man. against Puff. You think I think he, Yoshi's good against Puff. Huh. Just because the potency of eggs, that you can throw an egg, you can shut down the air mobility of Pup, and then you can up air after it. Yeah, it was it was really crazy to watch how Amsa could lock him down like that. Yeah, like, I, I think, think Yoshi's after you. in one of those weird tiers. I, I don't know, it kind of goes back to like anyone that can play against Fox. You know, it's like Yoshi sure. and Young Link are in those like weird places where they're really effective against Jigglypuff. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think it's ever going to be, like, just Fox. I think it's just going to be all these characters. Do you ever see Hungrybox picking up another character? Uh, <laughs> My guess no. would be no. Yeah, I would <laughs> no. say no. <laughs> I, think, I think if Puff ever falls out of the meta, Hungrybox might too. <laughs> that's that's I don't probably mean that fair. I don't mean that in a rude way. Sure. It's he's he is so good, and I know that that's like you know obvious, but the the thing that I respected most about Juan that he said after winning Summit was it's just another day at work, and I think that mentality is honestly incredible. That you are just showing up to do your job, and your job is to win. You are yeah. sponsored to win games. Him and him and Cruncher. Really, really good. His his mentality is unbelievable. He yeah, is a great team. iron will. Luis is just a cute guy, too. He's just <laughs> a sweetheart. He really is. He's so nice. I'd love to get him on eventually, too. I think he should. Hmm. Okay, well, I think that's actually about all that I had. Sounds good to me, my man. Uh, anything, it's been fun. Yeah, anything you want to plug? Anything else you got? Uh, shout, shout out your Twitter. CLG, shout out to 650 at Bobby Siege. Uh, where can I find this? Where can you find this? It is going to be up on wargames.gg. It is the and, Stephen uh, Burnley podcast. Uh, hopefully it'll be up on iTunes soon. I got to try and figure that out. It'll be on SoundCloud. Yeah, just uh, follow wargames.gg too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah, of course.